0: We've got a really short passage this morning, just one verse. And so it's Romans 12, verse 1. So if you've got your Bibles with you or if you want to pull a pew Bible out, um, you can turn to Romans 12, verse 1. It's a short verse with a lot in it and a lot of application that flows out of it. And many people, as they study the book of Romans, say this is the turning point of the whole book, Right? Paul's been building up to this point, and now in this verse he's turning it and turning to become really practical and show the outworking of everything that he's taught so far. And then he writes in verse 1, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. There's, there's been one comment. As, as I've been in ministry over the years, I mean, I you know I was in ministry in Minnesota for 10 years before coming here, and and ministering to teenagers and their parents and people in my congregation. Um, I had one comment that came up regularly that people come up to me, kind of um, depressed, kind of downcast, and they'd kind of throw their arms up in the air and say, "What am I really doing for the kingdom of God?" And and they would they would kind of feel defeated because they would come up to me and say, I spend all my day in a cubicle behind a computer screen. What really am I doing to help the kingdom of God? Or I, I spend all day running a hydraulic press by myself. What am I doing for the kingdom of God? Or, or I spend all day talking to cows <laughs> and working in the field. I'm never interacting with what am I doing for the kingdom of God, right? And, and they would feel that way because there's this sense of, well, the only work I can do for the kingdom is this sharing the gospel with people and helping them become believers. And if I'm not interacting with people on a regular basis, then I'm really doing nothing for the kingdom. And then life and work loses meaning and purpose and we just end up going to work, punching a clock, working for the weekend or working for retirement. And yet, Biblically, scripturally, that's not the way to view our work or our life. And, and I'm thankful Bruce talked about this a few weeks ago, and I'm going to broaden it a little bit. But scripturally, your work, that the work that you're doing, is furthering the kingdom of God. As a farmer, as a factory worker, as a gas station employee, as a mechanic, that work is furthering the kingdom of God. And to tie it into the topic of this series, your work itself is worship to God. Your work, the work that you're doing is worship. And, and we have to be careful not to fall into the trap of thinking that there's one aspect of our lives that is secular and there's one aspect that's sacred. We have one aspect that's just kind of normal and like everybody else's life. And then there's these other aspects of our life that are For Jesus. And uh, as I was reading that this week, I was remembering this little teeny devotional booklet that Zoe has, and the name of it is Jesus wants all of me. And I thought, that's exactly right. Jesus doesn't want just us to have these different compartments in our lives. Well, this area is worship, and this is just regular life stuff. No, he wants all of you, every single aspect of your life, and he wants it all to be worship to him that means working that means on the golf course that means raising kids and that means taking out the garbage that means in the high times and the low times the exciting points and the and the distraughtful parts all of those aspects are to be worship and that's what Paul's talking about in this passage he says i urge you in view of god's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices holy and accept and pleasing to god this is your spiritual act of worship and what i want you to to pay attention to at the begin is the very end of the verse because he says this is your spiritual act of worship and so what he's saying in this verse is this is how you are to worship god and even to connect it to last week's message where jesus said, if you want to truly worship me, you need to worship me in spirit and in truth. Now, Paul's saying, if you want to truly worship God in spirit, this is going to be your spiritual worship. Okay, this is what it truly looks like to worship the triune God is to do this. And his answer kind of would catch us off guard a little bit. He says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. And you might go. Wait, I thought you said this was our spiritual act of worship, and now you're saying we need to offer our bodies. What's the deal with that? And the reality is there's no disconnect between body and spirit. And our spiritual act of worship is, has everything to do with our bodies. And he says we need to offer them as living sacrifices. But um, Calvin, I always find helpful, he says this. I help helps us understand what Paul means by bodies. He says he means not only our bones and our skin, but the whole mass of which we are composed. And he adopted this word that he might more fully designate all that we are, because the members of our body are the instruments by which we execute our purposes, right? So so you use your body to do everything. Even to pray, you have to use your tongue and your mouth and your mind. And to work, you have to use your hands and your feet and your brain and Some of you, have to use your mouth and you you use your bodies to do everything. And so Paul says, offer your bodies, everything that you are, every single aspect of your life, offer it as a living sacrifice to God and that's how you will truly worship. And the word, the word living sacrifice has this idea of something we have to do over and over and over again. It's, it's not just a one and done thing. Of course, when, when we become a believer and we say, Lord, I'm yours, we're laying, we're offering our all of ourselves to him as a living sacrifice. But you know, if you know yourself, the minute you turn around and you go back, you start grabbing onto little parts of your life and saying, no, these are mine. You can have this stuff, Jesus, but I, I, these are mine. And he says, no, continually you have to, Offer all of your life as a sacrifice to God. Lay it over, over and over and over again, because we want to keep grabbing hold of it ourselves. And it will be a battle that is going to happen until we die. We have to keep laying our lives down, laying our lives down as a sacrifice to God. And that's what it means to worship. And and I don't know if you remember this, uh definition I gave of worship last week, but I'm hoping you're probably going to hear it a lot. Um, But I'm going to keep bringing it up because I think it's really helpful in having us think through our work. That worship is a response of adoration, submission, trust and joy to who God is and what he has done. And you could see some of that in this verse, right? If true worship is laying our lives down as a living sacrifice, that means submitting to God. That means saying, not my will, but your will be done. It's submitting to him. And Paul says that's spiritual worship. It's trusting God enough to lay your life down and say, I've given you my life, Lord. I trust you to do right by this. And, and as you truly submit and you truly trust, there has to be some adoration of God for being worthy to do that. And there has to be a level of joy. And so I want to get really practical now for a little bit. And I want to take this definition And look at three aspects of our life and how we worship through that. Through our work, through our leisure, and through just some of the mundane aspects of life. And help us think through how we worship God in these ways. And so if we start at work, just your everyday work life, one aspect of worship is adoring God. So how do you give adoration to God when you show up at work? And I should I should take a little step aside and say, I know a number of you are retired and you're not doing a normal nine to five. But from what I hear, most of you are busier after you're retired than when you were working a nine to five. So just apply it to the work that you're doing every day, because it's the same thing. How do you adore God when you show up at work? Well, one way is just thanking God for giving you the gifts and abilities to do your job. You you don't have any of those gifts and abilities apart from God. You don't have the brain to do it. You don't have the talents to do it apart from God. Just the fact that you can run that press, serve that food, do this job, fix that car, work in the field, the fact that you can do that was a gift from God. And if He wouldn't have given you that gift, you wouldn't have it. So, thank Him for it. Thank Him for just providing us with a job, right? I mean, I know that... The employ, you know, unemployment rate's pretty low right now, but we're still thankful that we have a job and we can provide for our families through that job, and so we thank God for that. But we can also thank God and just give Him adoration for the fact that through our job we're able to serve people. I think we forget that sometimes. I know I, you know, I worked at a factory for a number of years and I was tearing apart alternators. That was my job. They came in. Nasty, dirty, and I had to rip them all into parts to clean them up and then give them to somebody else to restore them. And you don't think of that every day like, hey, I'm serving people by this. I'm helping people get cheap alternators. But the fact is, I was. I was serving people through my job every day. And every single job you have is an opportunity to bless somebody with it. Even if it's not immediate, you're, you're doing that. And so you can thank God for just being a productive person member of society that you can you can bless them. Another uh, well-known verse is this from Colossians and I think it helps us understand another way that we can just adore God in our work. He says whatever you do work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord not for men since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ. You are serving. I mean, this is another way to show adoration to God through our work, that when you show up at work every day, you acknowledge, I'm doing this for Jesus. I'm not doing this for my boss. Sure, my boss has authority over me, but I'm doing this for Jesus. I'm caring for this person for Jesus. I'm fixing this car for Jesus. I'm whatever. I'm doing it for him. And you show him adoration by he's worthy for you to do that work for him. But it also says, do it with all your heart. It doesn't mean just because we're working for Jesus, we're just going to slack off. No, go in there, give it your all because you're working for the King of Kings. The God of the universe is your boss and you're working for him. So get in there and do it with all of your heart. And by doing that, you're going to adore God. But worship also involves submission. It's not just praise and adoration. That's Only one aspect of worship. But when we submit to God in our work, that means, like I just said, admitting that God is our boss. And so we do our jobs in a way that brings God glory and not man glory. We don't go into our jobs and kick, claw, steal, bite, whatever we need to do to get to the top. Because Jesus says, if you want to be first, you need to be a servant. So, we, we don't work the same way that the rest of the world does. We work as though Christ was our boss and we submit to Him in that. And we, we also submit to Him by just simply accepting the job that He's given us. Even if it's not exactly the one that we want. Even if we're kind of, we think this is, I, I would rather be doing something else. I'd rather be making more money. I would rather. But as of right now, this is the job that God has given you. And so an act of worship is saying, all right, I receive this as a gift, Lord. Thank you. That's worship. It's also trusting God, trusting God that this job is enough, right? When bills are tight and it's hard to go, you're going from paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. It's tough to think, it's tough to trust that this is the right job for you. And yet God has given it to you for now. So part of worshiping him is just trusting that this is the job for you. Or if it comes down to a moment where you have to obey God or obey your boss and you might lose your job because you're obeying God, you have to trust him. Say, all right, you'll provide another job for me if I lose my job. Here, that's trust. It's it's saying, Lord, I trust that you're going to provide for me, that this job is going to provide for me. And that's all worship. That's all worship to God in the midst of that. Worship is also joy. Doing our jobs joyfully, working heartily, giving it all, and finding joy in the work that we are doing brings worship to God. And, and there's an interesting connection between all of this that I think joy is the natural outworking of all these other things. If we're really adoring God in our job, And if we're really submitting to him, and if we're really trusting God in our job, joy will naturally flow from it. If you really have submitted and really trust and really adore God for this job, you will do it joyfully because God is doing this. And if you take that then and you look at it from a different direction, and you're here this morning and you're thinking, I really don't find any joy in my job. I'm not going to give it a hundred percent cross the board sweeping statement, but it would be a good idea to to look and say, am I adoring God in my job? Am I submitting to God in my job? Am I trusting God in my job? Because if we don't find joy in our job, there's a good possibility that we're missing one of those steps. And it fits The same with everything that we do. So, I mean, that's just working through work and showing that's worship. When you're adoring God in your work, when you're submitting to him in your work, trusting him in your work and joyfully doing your work, that is worship to God. And it it applies to every aspect of our lives, really. So if you were to ask, how how do I worship God out on the golf course? Probably not by chucking your nine iron into the trees, right? (laughs) That was my first time out golfing but by adoring Him, by submitting to Him, trusting Him, and finding joy in it. How do, you, how do you worship God while you're playing hockey? We talk about this all the time with my girls. How do you worship God when you walk outside church and go for a walk through the woods, or when you travel the world, all through all these leisure activities? How do you worship God through them? The same way you do at work. You adore Him. When you walk out, you walk out on the golf course in the early morning, and there's a little bit of mist and then the sunrise is shining through it. It looks like the whole world is gold. You adore God by just taking a break and saying, wow, you created this world. That's unbelievable. Just stop. My dad my dad instilled that in me. My dad is just a go-getter. Just, we just, you know, at the farm, we're working, working, working. But if we were out doing chores in the morning and a beautiful sunrise came up, everything stopped. And we just stood and stared at the sunrise for a little bit and went, Lord, you are good. We'd be out hunting in the mountains and we'd come around a corner. We'd be tracking an elk. We'd be right on it. And we would stop. We'd sit down at a tree and just go, whoa, this is amazing. Because God has created an amazing world. We adore him through that. But we also submit to God in our leisure activities. We don't do it how the world does it. We do it in ways that bring him honor. We, we follow his law as we do these things. We, we trust him that that uh, that he's going to protect us, that he's going to care for us. You know, I talk to my kids about this. Every time they go out onto the hockey rink or every time they go out onto the volleyball court, they're probably sick of me saying it, but but I say, remember that when we go on the hockey rink, you're going to play hockey like a Christian, not like the rest of the world. You're going to play hockey like a Christian. You're going to play volleyball like a Christian. You're going to run track like a Christian, and it's the same thing, and that means you're doing it differently. You you step out onto the court, you're not going to play volleyball to glorify yourself. You're not going to play basketball or baseball or football to glorify yourself. You're you're stepping out on the field so that you glorify God. changes the way you play. It doesn't mean you're a pansy. I mean, my football coach in college was one of the most godly men I knew and he really helped me understand how to play football to the glory of God. And he said... Man, we play football. We play knock him down pick him up football. He said, you're going to see this guy, you're going to take him seriously, and you're going to knock him on his can. And then you're going to pick him up, swat him on the butt, say, hey, we're going to do it again next time. And then you go and you do it again. And it's not taking cheap shots, but you're playing heartily as to the Lord. It's the same with golf. It's the same with walking in the woods. It's the same with any of those things. You, you play that way. And you worship God by just finding joy in it. I was thinking, uh, this morning of Eric Little. Have you guys heard Eric Little from Chariots of Fire? There's this, you know, he was a, you know, Olympic runner, and there's, he has this quote where he says, God created me to run, and when I run, I feel his pleasure. And there's this moment where he's doing something that God created him to do, the gifts that God has given him, and as he runs, he knows that he's doing what God has gifted him to do, and he finds joy in it, and God finds joy in him finding joy in the gifts that he's given him. So we can, just just going out on the golf course and enjoying it is worship to God. Just going out into creation and enjoying it is worship to God. And that applies even to the mundane, though. So our work it applies, it applies in our leisure, but it also applies in the mundane stuff of life. And so uh, this verse, 1 Corinthians 10.31 does says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Which is another way of saying, do it to worship God. So, and I'm assuming most of us, as we ate breakfast this morning, didn't think, am I worshiping God through my eating my breakfast? You know, as I eat eggs and bacon and, what I don't know, maybe cereal, I guess. I'm worshiping God through these things. And you do it the same way, by adoring God, by submitting to Him, right? You adore God for giving us a world where there's eggs and bacon and he he could have made us eat leaves and grass i mean that would be sorry if you're a vegetarian but that would be bad <laughs> but we can eat bacon and god has given that to us you know and 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 we can say lord thank you for giving this to us and we submit to god when we eat and drink by by not by doing it in moderation right not falling off the track and falling into gluttony, but not falling off the other end and starving ourselves to death. We, we live in this boundary where we eat within the regulations that God has given us, and we trust him that he's providing this food and he'll provide the next meal for us. But we worship God in eating and drinking by just finding joy in the food that he's given us. I mean, you worship him by, you take a bite of steak and you just chew on it and you go, this is really good. And God says, I know I made that for you. Right? You worship Him through through such a simple act like that. But it, it flows over into even the other mundane aspects of life, like doing laundry, taking out the trash, changing the oil. Not that I want to talk about this yet, but shoveling snow. We, yeah. we are to worship God in all of these aspects, though, by adoring Him, by trusting Him, by submitting to Him, and yes, Finding joy, even in shoveling shoveling snow. And Paul reminds us of something really important in this verse, though. We're, We're to offer our lives as living sacrifices. We're to worship God with every aspect of our lives. But he says we do it by the mercies of God. That's only through the work of what Christ has done in our life and the work of the Holy Spirit in our life that we can do any of this. You can't do it apart from that. You can't do it in your own strength. You can't do it in your own willpower. It's only because Christ has changed your life. He's forgiven your sins and He's called you to Himself and the Holy Spirit's working in your life, helping you become more like Christ. And because of all of that, now you lay your life down as worship and you lay every aspect of your life more and more and more down because they're working in you to do it. And when you notice all of a sudden that you're doing something to the glory of God, the right response isn't to go, I'm doing pretty good. Because who are you glorying in at that moment? No, it's at that moment you recognize that the only reason you're doing it is because Christ and the Spirit have empowered you to do it. So what does that do? That should stir your heart to worship again. And you go, thank you. And then you worship them. And then they help you worship more. And there's like this cyclical thing that goes on. As they help you to lay your life more fully down in worship, and then you worship them more fully for helping you to lay your life down. And last week I had said that this was going this should be the center of our congregation. The primary purpose of God in all of the universe is worship. And the, the primary purpose of this congregation is has to be one of worship. And what I mean by that is not that we need to have a worship service like this every single day of the week, but that we would be a people who worship God out in the world. That we worship God while we work, while we go to school, while we play, while we hang out, while we brush our teeth, while we do these things. We are worshiping God and we're doing them in worship to Him. And if you begin to think about it, um, it gives you a tremendous sense of just freedom and just meaning and purpose. Like if, when we understand that all of this is for worship of God, it, every single thing we do has meaning and purpose to it. Nothing is boring. No, nothing is a simple task because we're doing this to bring glory and honor to God. Your work can have meaning and purpose to it. You don't have to just go punch a clock and try to get done and get out of it. That. No, that, your work has been given to you to glorify and worship God. God, And I was thinking about, just just start to imagine that if this happens more fully in our lives, how much of a transformation that brings, not only to us, but your workplace. If you show up worshiping God every day at your workplace, by adoring God, submitting, trusting, finding joy in your work. Think of the impact that would have just throughout Beaver Dam. I mean, we, we live in a world of people who are created to worship God. That's at the core of every single person's being. They know it's just deep down inside, and they're not doing it. And there's people wandering around, kind of living in this meaningless fog. And when they see people worshiping, it resonates. There's something inside them that says, I need to, I need to worship. Like, what's going on in you? Just imagine the change that would bring to your workplace if everyone had the, that meaning and purpose in it of worshiping God or the, the way it would change a community if everyone had meaning and purpose to worship God, because that's what it looks like to worship God in every aspect of our lives. And that to tie it back to what I said at the beginning, that's actually what it looks like for God's kingdom to come. Is more and more people living and working in worship to him in every aspect of their lives. Let's pray. Father, you are good and beautiful and powerful and are worthy of all of our worship and are worthy of every aspect of our lives. Father, we admit that we often don't lay our lives fully down at your feet. We often try to control little parts of it on our own, try to hold on to them, and so we ask your forgiveness. We pray that you would work in us by your mercy, that we would offer our lives more fully as living sacrifices to you, that that would be our spiritual worship for you. Lord, help us to see our mundane aspects of our life as worship to you. Help us to see the... the Leisure activities that we do, whether it's golfing or biking or hiking, may they be worship to you. And may you work in us so that our work that we do in the world would be worship to you, so that you would be praised and gloried and honored in all that we do. And may you use that to spread through our workplaces and spread through our communities so that you would be praised more and more. Lord, we pray that your will would be done and that your kingdom would come. And all God's people said... Amen.